S in Hell, a look back at Saturday Night Live with your hosts, Matt and Keith. Brought to you by Lion's Den Audio Theater. Like and subscribe to Lion's Den Audio Theater for more Lion's Den goodness. And here are your hosts, Keith and Matt. Welcome to SN Hell and welcome to the special Chevy Chase episode. In our, our last episode of Buck Henry and the band, it was the uh, end of the line for Chevy Chase. We're uh, going to look over his time on the show, his time afterwards, and uh, and just chat all things Chevy. Sound uh, sound good to you, Matt? Sounds great. So yeah, I'm Keith. With me as always, Matt. And uh, this is SN Hell. It's a special episode. So if you're finding us maybe through the uh, Chevy Chase algorithm, you can check us out. We talk about every episode of Saturday Night Live. We've done all of season one, and we're a big chunk of the way through season two. Donald Glover is hate listening right now. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we're 30 episodes in, and uh, Chevy Chase has left. He, he's gone from Saturday Night Live. So let's first, uh, let's cover the lore, Matt. As far as Chevy Chase, before we get into this, before you were a fan, before the internet, when we were children, and it was either stay up late and watch it or order the video cassettes, you know, what did you know about Chevy and his time on Saturday Night Live? I knew very, my first exposure to Chevy Chase because of my age was in uh, 80s comedy movies. I know for a fact that the first Chevy Chase movie I ever saw was National Lampoon's European Vacation. Mm. I really enjoyed it when I was a kid. I would go on to enjoy most of the other Vacation film starring Chevy, uh, with the possible exception of Vegas Vacation. That, that's where it started. My dad and I were big fans of the Fletch movies. So this is where I know Chevy Chase. I don't become familiar with him as an SNL player until later, where, where I pick up on the lore of his Weekend Update legendary status. I go, he's the Weekend mm-hmm. Update guy. He's he's the king of the desk. But other than that, unfamiliar with his SNL career just familiar with his 80s comedy hits. Yeah. yeah. So your first bit with Chevy must have been the, the tapes that were marketed, the videotapes and all that stuff, as far as his, his time on SNL, right? The, the best of tape collections that they were coming out with? Exactly. Highlight reels, stuff like that. When they were churning those out in the, uh, the, the late 90s, I think they really started cropping up a lot. So, I mean, the first season, Chevy was the star, right? The, the the figurehead, the first among equals, probably actually beyond that, the one everybody knew, and the one that Hollywood picked as, quote-unquote, Aaron Parent to, uh, to Johnny Carson, eh? Well, yeah, I, I can see why he was the star. I mean, when you look at the not-ready-for-prime-time players, if you had them in a lineup, Chevy Chase is obviously the leading man. He's tall, he's handsome, he has the charisma. Dan Aykroyd's a bit too weird. John Belushi's a bit too wild and I'm sorry, he's a bit too chubby for that uh, sort of, you know, leading man personification. So I I think they had something in Chevy right away and uh, I think they knew it. One thing I actually read recently, too, was he was one of the few white Protestant comic actors that were on the landscape at that point in time. We've got a good looking wasp here. Let's use them, you know, not Saturday Night Live itself, but the network and the Hollywood machine in general. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Like I said, they they knew what they had in him, in my opinion. And he's really he's given the star treatment. He comes he just comes off that way. He he, they treat him like a star and he comes off like a star. But he sort of excels at playing this uh, egotistical asshole or a, a bumbling fool. He does that in a way no one else on the show even comes came close at that point in time. They definitely 
capitalized on what they had with him. For sure. To your point, he he does, you know, he plays those two extremes very well. And something that I I always felt, and, you know, maybe I'm not reading the right material or uh, I'm talking to the wrong people or I'm on the wrong places on the Internet. But in in my opinion, his physical comedy uh, historically is a bit underrated. Uh, I really Mm -hmm. thought when he was, you know, he, he was big on the fall and when when he was Ford, especially just bumbling around, really good at the physical comedy, which yeah. uh, I think was lost with time a little. I think so. And I mean, everybody sort of remembers the falls and stuff, but there were the little things with like the water glasses. I remember there was like a, a weird magic trick that was done one time and general slapstick beyond the actual big falls people talk about. He definitely had some skills there. And, and not to uh, go out, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about his uh, his future later or as we conclude but i do want to mention i watched the three amigos today and there's a scene where they're all uh having dinner and chevy is trying to wrap himself a burrito and it's just classic chevy like he's wrapping Mm -hmm. it and then it all falls out the bottom and he says do you have any food that isn't mexican (laughs) (laughs) and uh he he was really great at what he did so yeah the world really latched on to chevy um and some people i I think belushi was one that really said this it's because he got to say his name all the time (laughs) Uh, from his weekend update stint. Good-looking guy, charming guy, great figurehead. You know, the press was all over him. They were ignoring or just not bothering with some of the others. And he set the tone for weekend update. We're familiar enough with Jane Curtin's run, um, and, and we've seen her already twice at the desk. And, and as of now, uh, you know, we've both gone on the record as saying we prefer Jane's style. But Chevy did set the tone there, and uh, his time at the desk, I mean, it's immortalized because he was the first of very many. But he also, you know, when I was thinking about it, he he really had a good way of, of keeping the news kind of silly. I think the fact he almost looked like a news anchor really helped that out as well. You know, he has that handsomeness about him. He It's um, it's like that I should be, he has that on, I should be on TV face. And mm-hmm. here he is, he's on TV, and yes... Did, 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 uh, have I said on record that I prefer Jane? Absolutely. But uh, you can't deny that Chevy really did set the tone for the whole sketch that will become a template for years to come. I appreciate why he has such a legendary status in that regard. And I really thought he had some great moments. But uh, the more he did it, I don't know if it was him or whatever the case may be, but the more he did it, the less I liked it. I don't know. I don't text him and we don't talk. I feel like he feels like that, too. He didn't seem Mm -hmm. to be having as much fun with it toward the end. Uh, It's funny because, I mean, some people say Chevy was the best at the desk. For me, he's almost the uh, the gatekeeper. Were you better than Chevy or were you worse than Chevy? Which, you know, most people are indeed worse. But being the first, being the first anything is is something that that gets you bonus points right away. For me, Chevy was good at character bits, but he didn't do too many. Um, he sort of stuck with what he was comfortable with. And, and that, I think, was detrimental to him. He didn't venture too far down the rabbit holes that uh, Belushi, Aykroyd and even Garrett and, uh, and the three women all do. And I think that hurt him um, because he did seem to have chops in the few times he, he did. I, I think to that point that his movie career proves that he had the chops to go down it if that was a direction that he, the writers, the show wanted to go. I, I think initially the show is trying to find its identity. And when it slowly does, you realize that, OK, we got a leading man here. 
So whether it was him, whether it's a producer or a writer, Lauren, the sh- corporate, whatever, uh, they, you know, Chevy, you're right. Chevy does kind of stick to what he does best. Is mm-hmm. it detrimental to him long term? I, I would say that, yes, it has been. But uh, at the same time, they also have all of a sudden a, a hit on their hands with this show and this guy. So I totally get not messing with the formula that's currently mm-hmm. working. Yeah. And unfortunately, because of that, it seems like he was just phoning it in. Yeah. He uh, will see again. We just talked about Weekend Update and how toward the end he doesn't seem to be enjoying it. He became a mark for himself. He started to buy into his own hype a little too much, in my opinion, uh, there at the end. But uh, we, we, I shouldn't I try not to allow that to detract from his success, of course, mm-hmm. is there. So it's it's funny as we've you know we, we've been going through this we're we're thirty episodes in and and Chevy's gone. We always talk about the lore and the lore just doesn't seem like Chevy was only there for such a brief time, but but certainly he is, right? At this point, we're pretty much SNL historians. We're uh, getting there. <laughs> yes. Before I became an SNL historian, uh, I really you know Chevy was a big deal. People, they, you know, you speak of Chevy with such reverence, you know, as part of, oh, original cast, original weekend update. Uh, the, the reverence is heaping, but I didn't always get it. To, to clarify with that, too, is we are getting the hype from others. You know, we're getting laughs from others and we've got some from Chevy as well. Sure. But uh, but, you know, we're not uh, we're not just shitting on the show as we go through. We're, we're, we're seeing some real high points, but also questioning that against what we've been told and what we believe a lot of people believe, you know, and, and, and we're seeing that maybe Chevy didn't have the impact overall that, uh, that we've uh, been led to believe, I suppose. History is doing him favors. So if I were him, I certainly wouldn't speak up about it. I know I, I saw, I didn't click on the link, but I did see a headline with an interview of him that said, had he known the the show would be on for 40 years he wouldn't have left. But uh, I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty. I have a feeling that by the end of his run, he's like, get me out of this dump. I'm a movie star. Let's do it. Yeah. And yeah, we'll, we'll chat on that actually right now because I have some stuff about why Chevy actually left. There's a short answer and a long answer, and I find the long answer far more interesting, if that makes sense. Yes, let's hear it. So there's a few reasons why Chevy left. Going through this, I... Don't fault him for leaving. Even if he knew the show was going to be on for another 47 years or till the end of time, I I think under the circumstances, I I don't think he made the wrong decision. So Chevy was like Michael O'Donoghue, and they were tight with Lorne Michaels. And his role on the show, whether he was asked to or not, or whether he found himself there, he was kind of at the brain trust. He was a performer, certainly, and a writer, yes. But he also had a lot of input into the creative direction of the show. You know, he was almost like an executive producer, but yet it doesn't look like that was ever formalized. So he was offered uh, a ton of money to host some specials where he'd have like a, an official executive producer credit, get the ownership and the uh, the creative control of the show. So that's one reason why he, why he did leave. Uh, NBC offered him three specials. The average was $500,000 a special compared to the 22000 he was offered for season two of SNL. I mean, that's a huge difference in money. Yeah, big time. If, I, if I'm the network, I don't I don't want him to go. I mean, he's no. he's your leading man that you, and you have a hit on your hands and your star, quote unquote, is like, yeah, I don't know if I'm too happy. Uh, so I'm, I'm surprised in a, in a way that they didn't appease him with whatever they wanted, whatever he wanted, rather, to keep him. 
Well, I mean, the network poached him because it was NBC that offered the specials. So they basically poached him from SNL. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. So they weren't losing him. Saturday Night Live was, you know, that's where I can see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That must have been a little uncomfortable around the office. Yeah. The other bit, too, was, though, that he was he was technically going to be allowed to return to SNL for guest spots and. You know, NBC's point on it is that he doesn't have to leave the show to do these. But, I mean, come on, logically, you're going to make more money than you've ever made in your life. Do you still want to keep your minimum wage job? You know, (laughs) (laughs) Just to kind of address something that even the show does now. I don't like when if you've got to go do something else, I do think it's appropriate to leave the show. I think modern Saturday Night Live is letting too many cast members miss shows to be doing their own thing, but still be Hmm. part of the show. Uh, I I don't I don't gel with that. Yeah, there's a weird period of time there. I I know that that's uh, that becomes an issue with John Lovitz later. Some people were allowed to leave, but he wasn't. Or some people were allowed to take weeks off. John Lovitz had something to do. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Believe it or not, that's sort of how it comes to an end for him. So, yeah, with that, I mean, like Chevy was offered all that money for these things as a producer. So, I mean, um, he would have had to to pay most of the costs. But, I mean, unless he went crazy with spending, he was going to make a pretty good payday, right? Yeah. I mean, you can't blame him. As, as In his position, as I try to put myself in his shoes, you know, he's a young guy. He's a hot commodity. I'm out here. Strike while the iron is hot. Maximize mm-hmm. my star power. I mean, yeah, I, I do have a hit on my hands with this TV show. But I am part of an ensemble, and I i don't know. I, if I'm you know, being offered this big money to do my own thing, I can't say I would have done it differently. I, I would have been gone before the ink was dry. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the other element, too, Jacqueline Carlin, we've seen her. That was Chevy's girlfriend. And uh, earlier on in another episode, I actually misidentified the date they were married. Um, so they were still at this point, the end of season one, they were still uh, just dating. She was in L.A. and she had no plans to leave L.A. Chevy was spending a minimum of three weeks a month in New York working on the show and then commuting uh, on his off weeks that he could. So, I mean, he also wanted to get married and uh, and she wasn't budging. I mean, with the other offer, that's another huge factor that had him move now. Again, you can't see the future. They did wind up divorcing about a year and a half later. Shit, I I can't fault him for that, man. I had, once upon a time, a management position at a company, and I was was doing okay career-wise, and I quit Mm -hmm. because of a girl. Mm -hmm. And two months later, we broke up. Shit happens. Yeah, that's uh, that's the life. I think most of us have uh, similar tales, right? Yeah. And the other thing, too, that's never really mentioned as a major reason, I mean, it's mentioned in passing, but the reality is Chevy had hundreds of people at least saying you should leave. You're going to be a big star in six months. You'll replace Carson. The feeling back at Saturday Night Live, though, Lorne was trying to be aloof about the situation. Apparently, he didn't like the conflict. He wanted Chevy to make up his own mind. I know Chevy said somewhere, if Lauren had put his arms around me and give me a big hug and said, please stay, I would have stayed. He didn't. You know, couple that with Belushi, who wanted him gone. And uh, and then just other writers who, who kind of wanted, you know, or even cast members, too, who were kind of like, let's clean house because these episodes are Chevy heavy and I'm not getting time. So at Saturday Night Live, there wasn't much please stay going on either. 
Totally understandable. You want that spot. Every one of the not ready for primetime players wants to be a star. They're on TV. They're performers. Mm-hmm. They, they want their hit. They want to make their bread. They want to show their talent. And when you're in a position, when you got the top guy really getting booked over and over and over, you're going to be like, eh, get this guy out of the way. So I, I can totally see why, especially somebody like Belushi, who's obviously star bound, would want the, the current leading man hit the bricks. The reality is, I mean, my final verdict on this was as of, you know, October 76, when he finally leaves, I think he made the right decision. It's challenging for me to say, did he make the right decision? Did he make the wrong decision? In the short term, I think he absolutely made the right decision. And you know what? I'm going to even have to back myself up. We already talked about the lore and Uh the impact that Chevy had on the show and his actual short run in the original of the original not ready for primetime players does not seem to have diminished his his legacy or his his status on the show at Weekend Update, anything. Everybody's like, Chevy, original cast, king of the desk. And, and, you know, the fact that he was only there for a year doesn't seem to enter the conversation as much. He leaves and he starts eventually chucking out these hit movies. He's Mm -hmm. making bank. He's got the Vacation franchise. Fletch was a big hit. You know, he goes on to do the, the Three Amigos was a big hit. So everything is working, but... It does run out of gas. By the time it runs out of gas, we're in like the early Dana Carvey years. So to say he I mean, he had a hell of a run. I need to back up on what I said, I guess. It was the right decision for him to go. The show continues to be a hit and it will be a hit longer than Chevy Chase is a hit. But that's true of anybody. That's not Mm. specific to Chase. The show is just the show and it's a hit. But for 10 years after leaving the show, Chevy's got hit after hit and he's raking it in. And eventually in the 90s, he finally really loses his way. Shit. Hell of a run, though. This is not a situation of somebody who leaves Saturday Night Live and everything tanks immediately. Uh, he's not Melanie Hustle. Well, no, I mean, he's not a lot <laughs> just, like he's not thousands, not thousands, but he's not hundreds of people that were on that show. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation alone is a career making film. You know, uh, he's got the Fletches. He's got three amigos. I even like Memoirs of an Invisible Man, though. I, I, I pick at it every now and then. You know, he had a really good career and even, you know, right up through community, you know. Um, this is not a, a, a pity case. And I know like on his roast and stuff where they're supposed to do that, they really highlighted it. But I would not say Chevy's career after he left was 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 in the shitter. I think it was quite a, a remarkably impressive career, as a matter of fact. For sure. He spent the 80s as a movie star. There's no doubt about it. I even liked Funny Farm. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Funny Farm quite fondly. I haven't watched it in a long time. But and I mean, his star started to dwindle around the same time all those guy stars started to dwindle. The arrival of the 90s was really uh, a, a huge cultural shift, which, you know, it was reflected in movies and music. And, you know, it happened at the genesis of Saturday Night Live. This was happening. There's a cultural shift that's happening mm-hmm. uh, it, to all of us. Uh, and it starts to happen in the early 90s. And at that point... Chevy just seems really like he's just an out of touch old man. The Chevy Chase show is that is really the uh, gosh, what what a low point for for him and us. 
Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that doesn't help his legacy. But other than maybe Bill Murray from that generation, I mean, yeah, the 90s were not good for their careers. No, there will be a time to argue who is the most successful cast member of all time. You can argue Eddie Murphy. Uh, you can argue Bill Murray. I would argue Bill Murray uh, over Eddie Murphy. And uh, I, I'm, I, someday I'll have the opportunity to do so, I'm sure. But Bill had carved himself such a, a, a nice little niche, I think. I mean, at the, he's still the Ghostbusters 2 came out in the early 90s. So or, so he's still was it 89? Maybe I don't remember. 89, yeah. yeah, 89, I think. OK, as as the culture shifts just because of the nature of the characters he plays. I don't know. It just became the wrong time for Chevy Chase. Uh, when I think about, I mean, I don't think, is Dan Aykroyd even trying by the early 90s? I don't think he's really around too much. I know Coneheads came out in the 90s, but I feel like that was a fun novelty project for him. You know, you look at the SCTV guys and the SNL guys together. By the mid-90s, John Candy was dead. Rick Moranis was retired. It was even before Martin Short kind of had his resurgence with Jiminy Glick. You know, he mentioned Aykroyd. Nobody's career, like Chevy's career did not tank, uh, you know, compare him to his contemporaries. And that's the high points of the contemporaries, you know. <laughs> yes. So I, I don't think the uh, Chevy left Saturday Night Live and everything went to shit for him is, is particularly true, even though I think he believes that himself now. That's a shame because, uh, no, that's, that's certainly not a, a reliable narrative. His run in the 80s was top tier comedy movie star, I thought. Yeah, with some flops. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, everybody has some flops. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we, we agree here that Chevy should have left. It was good for Chevy at the time to to take off. But was it good for SNL for Chevy to leave? The evidence will prove, yes, it was good. Yeah. We have an extremely talented handful of uh, not ready for primetime players that are extremely funny and they're not getting enough airtime. They're not getting their reps in to really grow their characters and show us what they can do. Chevy can't be there as this perennial leading man for them to do that. Having said that, there's got to be some nervous wringing of the hands when your star is stepping away. Yeah, and actually, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because we did get a comment through one of our third chairs. A friend of one of our third chairs said, uh, like, these guys were trained actors and, uh, and, and they probably weren't worried because they were arrogant enough or self-confident enough to think well we're going to get over this quite easily. We're just as talented as he is. And I, that's never been the point Matt and I were making, actually, because we both said that, that folks would be worried. And the worry is more, I think, on the will the audience respond to us without our guy. Absolutely. Yeah. Because these guys were second city. They were, you know, groundlings. They were uh, National Lampoon. This type of comedy is used to people coming and going. Your your cast changes week to week sometimes on the Second City shows. They weren't worried uh, about their own talents. As a matter of fact, I'd say a few of them were quite relieved based on what I've read. Definitely. But, uh, they, they know they're funny. They know they're going to yeah. be fun. This is far more like, uh, you know, uh, George Dezunza leaving Law & Order than it is Steve Carell leaving The Office. <laughs> yeah. Uh... <laughs> If um, yeah, the, when I make reference to nervous people, I'm definitely talking about NBC. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it, it probably it could spill over to the cast too, where they're like, "Oh shit, you know, Chevy's the one that's been all in, in all the papers." Yeah, that's true. There's got to be a personality in there somewhere that just wants to be on a hit show, you know. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't want to say Jane Curtin. I'm going to use Jane Curtin as an example because she doesn't write a lot, 
and uh, you know she just wants to show up, do her job, and go home. She okay. is probably happy to show up on a hit show. Don't get me wrong. You know, Jane also seems to be the kind of person that's going to be like, God, I wish that asshole was out of here. But yeah. uh, but she also seems, you know, if she's she's on a hit show, she doesn't need to be the star. Jane can go in, do her thing, be a great supporting character, collect her check, and get to exercise her talent. But, you know, that's not John Belushi. That's not people that are, I'm sure are are ready to really capitalize. Yeah, yeah. There are people waiting in the wings for sure. So Chevy's legacy, Matt, like if you were to sum it up in one phrase. The original leading man, but he had to leave for the show to grow. So as of today, there have been 159 cast members. So uh, just seeing where Chevy ranks in some of these lists. So the IMDb did a a list in 2013, um, a a member of the IMDb, but I really was impressed with the, uh, the list. It was very well curated. And they put Chevy as number 15. Rolling Stone did a list in 2015, and they put him at 10. Paste Magazine did a really good one in 2020, and they put him at 25. And Ranker, which is basically, you know, fans or or just random people off the street (laughs) saying what they think, puts him at 26. This is an impressive showing for him, uh, ranging between 26 and 15, considering he's a guy that was only on for one year. But yet, I, I think that's that's a realistic expectation, don't you, Matt? Yeah, I do think it's a, uh, it's fairly realistic. Uh, I mean, it's impossible for me to give him a number at this stage in our deep dive. But, you know, 15 to 20, 25, that, it feels right. 10, 10 feels too high. Because I can definitely sit here and name 10 people on the show historically that I like way more than Chevy Chase. Mm-hmm. But, you know, could I name 15? Eh, you know, I probably could if you gave me a minute. Could I name 20? Probably not. Whether you like it or not, you can't argue with the mystique of being there first. Yeah. And and sometimes I don't like it. Uh, I mean, I yeah. don't I don't really think I love it. Uh, but I mean, it is what it is. And it's a reality. And he uh, has definitely benefited from it historically. Or I shouldn't I should say he's benefited from it. His legacy has benefited from it, certainly. Well, it's funny. I was in a conversation with someone the other day online and uh, we were talking about overrated and underrated actors on the show, players over the years. And I said, it's really even Garrett or Lorraine who you know, by and large, both of us, I think, have kind of fallen in the underrated category. It's so hard to say either one of them are underrated when they're members of the original, the original, the original cast plus Bill Murray. It's hard to say any of them are underrated purely because everyone talks about how great the original cast was, you know? I, I do feel that. Uh, I mean, in the same breath, Lorraine Newman, definitely underrated. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. You had mentioned before, it's like there's Jane, there's Lorraine, and then there's Gilda. She gets the love out of the ladies. And Jane, I, I feel, gets number two because of update. But Lorraine, I feel, out of the women is really lost in the shuffle a little bit. I mean, it's not like people don't know who she is or recognize her, but definitely, in my opinion, underrated. Sometimes she's really fantastic. Yeah, yeah. She's got some real, real high points that blow the other two way out of the water. We'll just go through a couple of quick little awards for Chevy. Like, we're not going to rank him because uh, this is our really our first slash second because we did lose George Coe last year, but he didn't get a special episode. So George Coe, we actually said, was, you know, basically we put him in the no harm, no foul, barely noticeable, you know, our sort of not applicable category. Uh, for Chevy, what was his best impression? You know, I didn't like it at first, but it ended up being Ford. 
Uh, I really grew to love his bumbling Ford. At first, I was like, this is stupid. But by the end, and I've said it across multiple episodes, his bit with Chris Christopherson was really a high point for me. Uh, so uh, I do think Ford is my favorite impression of his. I think he started to make it his own the more it went on. I agree. I mean, it was hardly an impression. Yeah, um, and event- um, eventually he has created something unique, which is yeah. interesting, fascinating, and something that, you know, it takes talent to do that. It's like an alternate universe, Gerald Ford. <laughs> yeah. Did you have a favorite original character from Chevy? No. When he's out there, he's he's mostly doing his, you know, he's doing leading man shtick. So if you, if you held the proverbial gun to my head and said, what's your favorite original Chevy Chase character on Saturday Night Live? It would be Landshark. There you go. Yeah, that's mine, too. I mean, that's as close. I mean, it's it's small, but it's it's absolutely a uh, an original character and he, he does it well. Kills it. Yeah, I love it. Do you have a favorite sketch? The debate with him versus Carter, that that psycho woman moderated, Karen Black. Oh, yeah. Uh, I really thought he really cracked me up in that one. His his bumbling and his, his physical Ford humor was on point. He also did a bit in a wheelchair. Do you remember him in a wheelchair? I thought that bit was really funny. Yep. Yeah, uh, it was a cold um, open very early. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought he was really good in that. It's hard for me to, to put my finger on. He also did it a bit at a piano where he's sweating bricks like he just did two big fat ones backstage. Uh, that was very white. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I thought that was OK. Yeah, no, it's, it's a hard question for me to answer. A few other ones I remember you really liking was uh, the National Droolers Association. Oh, shit. I did like that. Yeah, that's, that's over. It's about a year ago. And also there was the elevator tour with Dudley Moore. He only had like one line in it where he, you know, you did the tour in the elevator and then he said, do you have anything to and anything to declare? But he said it in a really cocky, ridiculous manner. I remember you really enjoying that as well. Mm, I, I have a vague memory. I, I always felt he's always out there just being Chevy so much. It's hard to identify characters. Yeah, for me, it, it's definitely uh, like Jaws 2. Any one of those, probably the uh, the second one, I think, was the one I like best. Um, but also that one where he was Gerald Ford at the White House, Christmas at the White House. Um, yes, that was And it also, I mean, we've overlooked his writing. Um, one sketch I recently found out that he wrote was one of your favorites, the the poker game. Uh, with that, with Anna, sir. Oh, I love that one. Yeah. The, the gentlemanly poker game. <laughs> yeah. I do declare. Yeah. So at a 10, Matt, if, uh, you know, we've got a long way to go, we'll reserve the right to change these as as we go. But out of 10, can you give Chevy a score for his run as a not-ready-for-prime-time player? I will. And I, I will add additionally, since we didn't bring it up, that initially, uh, most of the Weekend Update phone bits worked for me. I liked how body they were. And I liked, like, you know, he's talking about eating whipped cream off somebody or he's just talking about getting a bj and like no no well it's just an expression and those those phone bits i generally really enjoy thinking about chevy on season one and a little bit of season two you know i didn't always like it he really started to tank weekend update which was a real problem for me episode after episode but he is charismatic he does have something uh, he does have it. I love knowing that he wrote that poker game sketch. As a cast member, out of 10, I would give Chevy Chase a 6.5. And, you know, you and I are very much in sync with that. I was harder on Chevy at the beginning, 
I was actually probably harder throughout on Chevy than you were, which is odd because I wound up giving him a seven. Um, and as much because he was the original figurehead, you know, he was, he was the guy that welcomed you in the show Butler, you know, he welcomed you in and then you saw other things, other people you wanted to talk to, Mm -hmm. but there's something to be said for that. And he did what he did well. And though I didn't always like it, I, I can't help but wonder if the show would still exist if he wasn't there to do it. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, they won Emmys. He he really brought it home in that first season. And that's really important to these network types. When, you know, when they see such a hit on their hands right away, they're certainly more likely to stick with it. I'm not saying the show was ever in danger of getting canceled. I'm sure it wasn't. But when you've got a, a, a hit on your hands quickly, you know, who's responsible? Chevy Chase is the face right now. Chevy Chase's time on the show was successful, and I think he got out at the right time. Maybe not for his own benefit as much as for the show's. Agreed. So, yeah, this is, you know, our little goodbye to Chevy. His last official episode was last week's episode we released with Buck Henry and the band. Our next episode will be a Dick Cavett with Rye Cooter. We'll still see Chevy and some bits and pieces that were left over. And, of course, he'll come back to host and make guest appearances for many years to come. It'll be interesting to see the Chevy Chase 2.0 return as a host in the coming years. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Thank you very much for uh, agreeing to come and chit-chat about Chevy. Thank you, Keith. It's a pleasure. I love our specials. Yeah, yeah. We don't get to do too many of them yet, but some of these are going to come fast and furious when we get to these mass exoduses and stuff like that. Can't wait. Our season one recap is one of my favorite episodes that we've recorded. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, we'll be back in about a week with Dick Cavett and Rye Cooter. But until then, we'll be talking all things Chevy here in SNL. Hell.